Welcome to Archie and Me, an Archie Comics podcast. I'm Josh. It's just me for the intro, but don't worry, Brandon will jump in for the interview. Today we had the fantastic Ron Case and Vincent Lavallo, the creative team behind the web comic series Bite Size Archie. And if you haven't picked up Volume 1, I highly recommend going and picking it up. It's one of my favorite things coming out from Archie right now. Vincent is an illustrator and art director for Archie Comics, and Ron is a writer and currently works as a content manager for Zest World. We had a super fun chat in this episode, and I just want to let you know you can go ahead and pre-order Bite Sized Archie Going Viral, coming out August 16th in comic shops and September 5th everywhere else. Ron and Vincent, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having us. This is always an amazing opportunity to talk about Bite Sized Archie and to get to hang out with my buddy Vin here. Yeah. No, it's, it's great to see you, Ron, and, and nice to meet you, Josh and Brandon. And yeah, thanks so much for having us on the show. You guys have been doing fantastic work on this podcast. I've I've been listening. As soon as I found out about this podcast, I've been listening weekly. So thank you for everything. We really appreciate it. And, you know, we're really big fans of Bite Size Archie. So yeah. it's great. I feel like this conversation has been a little while coming. So it's great to finally get to <laughs> jump in. And uh, if you've been listening, as you always know, we usually start uh, by asking you know, what was your first entry into the world of Archie and how did you start working with Archie Comics? Vincent, why don't we start with you? Sure. Yeah, I remember um, as a as a wee toddler, no, no, as a as a young kid in my hometown, we had this, um, it was kind of like a, I guess, a store that just sold every, every little thing from uh, toys to uh birthday cards to magazines and right when you walk in on the left hand side i was looking for nintendo power at the time but i also saw along the bottom row uh the archie digest and i feel like i remember my cousins uh reading them i have two older girl cousins and they were talking about archie and that that was honestly the first time i ever saw the comics in person and as far as actually working with archie um i remember I was just starting out college and they posted something online. They were looking for a production intern and I was getting involved with Photoshop. I, I was always interested in art growing up. So I was going to college for uh, 2D design. So when I saw that posting, I was like, oh, I got to try and apply. And fortunately, I got the job and I interned with them in 2011 for about a year. And at the end of the year, they offered me a position. So I said, course <laughs> but yeah that's that's why i'm here now that's great it's kind of reminded me of um i was reading something about the the composer for super mario and how he just like saw an ad you know the, <laughs> for like to, they need a musician for nintendo and it just kind of was like you mm-hmm. know happenstance that it worked out that's so cool <laughs> yeah no it's, it's it's fate works in mysterious ways <laughs> yeah ron how about you yeah it's been a long journey for me. I mean, growing up, I was always into comics and seeing an Archie Comics Digest at the checkout line or the Sonic issues at the comic shop. I was always interested in in whatever Archie was publishing. And I remember just, you know, carrying 
comics around with me to the barber shop and anywhere I could go, I had a comic under my arm. So that was kind of my introduction. I've got still the boxes of the old stuff that I read when I was growing up. And then when it came to joining Archie back in 2014, Alex Segura, who was, you know, the SVP of publicity at the time had posted on Twitter that Archie was looking for a publicity coordinator, someone to help them get the word out about their new comics, because this was right when the Archie horror line was going up, the dark circle comics line was about to come out. So they were looking for some extra, you know, extra firepower in terms of getting the word out. So started in 2014, was handling PR, social media, and kind of worked my way up and became the director of publicity and social media in 2022. Uh, and then, you know, I've moved on, but I'm still writing Bite Size Archie and uh, still very good friends with everyone at Archie Comics. That's awesome. Well, we love hearing y'all's origin stories. And we also want to talk a little bit about the origin story of, of, your, of your comic together, Bite Size Archie. I know that you talk a little bit about how they got started um, in the back of Volume One and the, the Collected Trade, but um, I was wondering if you could just kind of share that origin story with our listeners here of how that got started. Sure, uh, Ron. Do you want me to kick things off? Yeah, kick things off, and I'll add. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I want to say that during my lunch breaks, I would sketch on these index cards, and I one day just decided, oh, let me try drawing arch head in a different style. And I was really thinking about them for like t-shirt designs, something different, something cool that maybe we can, you know, try to sell online. And I showed Ron and I think, you know, he, he really thought that they were cool, cute. And um, I, don't know, I don't know if it was at that time, but Ron and I had also been doing these backup strips Cosmo book. So we were just thinking like, it would be great if we could do something with these designs. Uh, Ron, do you want to take it from here? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Vin and I would always hang out during lunch. He'd always be doing sketches. We'd come up with ideas on on new content that we could bring to the to the world of Archie and to the Archie fans. And I think going so far back as 2019, maybe even earlier, but, you know, we had put together an idea for doing a webcomic because Archie has, you know, digests that are in supermarkets, new comics that are on Comixology and other platforms. But there really wasn't anything that was specific to the online audience that was coming out, you know, on any kind of regular cadence. So we were looking like, what's something we can do to kind of tie in with what's happening now, be modern and punctual and relevant. And when we were working together and I was seeing all these designs, occasionally we would come up with something like a meme that he would draw and we'd be able to share it on social media, but it was very infrequent, right? It was the announcement of a Netflix show returning, or it was a specific meme that he had time to do. It wasn't anything on a kind of regular cadence. So seeing these designs and knowing that we both like and love the characters eventually uh when the pandemic had hit and we were in remote work and we were kind of you know looking looking towards some kind of what can we do to kind of get content out there you know regularly and and faster and what can we do that's going to be delivered you know directly to the fans and so it was bite size archie was kind of was kind of the solve there where we needed to get something out every week, something new, something original. And also we can pay Vin to draw memes. <laughs> and like, that's really what I wanted was to get these, like these funny drawings on our social media that wouldn't just be copyright violations of like, Hey, we took a picture from a Disney movie and we put our text over it. Like that's not a sustainable way of doing social media. Like you'll get away with it for a bit, but eventually you're just going to get the silence brand and all that kind of reaction to it. So I wanted us to find a way where we could do something that was comics, 
do something that was social media and do something that was consistent for our fans. And since we launched it, it's been, you know, 130 weeks of very consistent on time, I think funny comics. And it's been a pleasure working with Vin and everyone at Archie has been awesome to work with. Well, yeah, something we talk about on the podcast is, you know, how do people get into Archie or introduced to Archie, you know, in, in the modern era. And I can just think of like me and Brandon will share some bite-sized, you know, Archie strips with people that don't read Archie, mm. but could still appreciate it. And that's one thing I, I really like about it. Like, you know, some things, of course, you get those really deep references for fans, but some things are just like anybody who's on the internet can enjoy. And I really, it's, you know, something I love about it. Yeah, that's the brilliant thing about Ron's writing is that he makes it very accessible to new readers and the characters are still very true to their core. They could be, I don't want to say mean, but they can, <laughs> they can jab at each other and still like, you know, still be friends at the end of the day. And I think that's, what's really appealing about this is because it's kind of a reflection of, you know, how we are in reality. You know, we, we, we love goofing around with our friends and that's what, you know, brings us joy and uh, it makes our connection stronger. So I think, you know, Bite Size does that very well. Yeah, there's there's for sure a balance of being accessible, being something that can be uh, sent beyond the borders of the Archie fan universe, right? We want to get new fans and new people interested, but we also want to provide a callback or uh, something that if you've been reading the comics or watching the shows or you know the history of this brand, you're going to find another layer there. And that's what we've been talking about in those collected editions where we kind of dive into the Easter eggs and Vincent reveals, you know, reference imagery and covers that he's homaged. And that's really the, the the super fun part is getting those scripts back from Vin, like when I've given them to him and I see the artwork and I see so much of what he's added. Uh, all these like background gags are all coming from Vincent. And that's it's such a great collaborative experience. That's the thing. We both like to call back to a lot of our history. So you know, I remember there's one strip where Archie and Betty approach a claw machine and I just filled it in with all these like characters from the past that people might not be familiar with, but a longtime fan will point out and say, hey, I know Cubby the Bear. I know, um, you know, Cosmo the Merry Martian or Super Duck. And it's just fun to, you know, keep those characters relevant in a, in a different way. Well, I mean, yeah, for us, you know, who we are, Archie fans, but it's not like we have like plenty of holes in our Archie knowledge. When I, we saw Cosmo pop up a few times, that was like something where I was like, oh, we need to learn more about, we yeah. need to learn more about Cosmo. That's, like, you know, something I don't know about. I'd love to learn more. So it's great. And like, you know, think about the presentation. Um, I feel like you can, I really love when like a physical edition of something, you can tell a lot of thought went into it. And first of all, I love the design, Vincent. It's, you know, there's so many cool things going on. Oh, thank um, you. We love the addition of, you know, the notes about this and the sketches. Can you all talk about what goes into putting together a physical edition? And why is it important for you all to have a great physical presentation? Um, sure. Yeah, I've, I've been working, you know, like I said, my introduction to Archie in terms of working with them was uh, production. So I, I have a history with them of actually putting the books together. So um, typically we start with an actual like production sheet that'll just list out, okay, first page is, you know, a title page, then we got credits, then we got this, we got that. Um, I tend to start out with like the initial design. And for something like that, I pick color, um, 
you know, a basic background and something that's reflective of what the content is. So I want to be bright. I want it to be fun. That's why the colors are so vibrant. I want it to reflect what's, you know, what's expected inside the book. Um, and for like the commentary itself, Ron actually got his commentary done before me because he's just that fast. <laughs> and I'm very thankful for that. So I had his uh, words to work with um, to start. So I put his write-ups in first, then I kind of went through the book and just looked at the strips and tried to remember what was I thinking, what was my thought process as I was making these, you know, strips. And sometimes I'll make notes to myself in case there's like a deep cut or something like that, or I'll pull an image that I know that I had referenced before, so I have it ready. Because um, I know sometimes I'll, I'll reference a pose, like I know that there's one where Betty and Veronica are just sitting on, uh, I think it's Betty's bed, and they hear noise outside and Archie's digging a hole. But the pose that <laughs> Betty and Veronica are, are making is a reference to, I think, one of the original covers for Betty and Veronica, okay. where they're sitting on top of a pedestal. Um, and that's, on, that's in volume two, by the way, that's in going viral. So <laughs> it's not in volume one, but it's something to look forward to. That might be a little bit of a spoiler, but I think people will appreciate it and it's something for them to look forward I to. I just have to say that's one of my favorite strips you guys have done, the uh, Archie digging a hole. <laughs> one of my favorites. So. That was a little controversial. I had some comments on social media like, I don't get this. Why is he digging a hole? Is this a Minecraft <laughs> reference? What is going on here? And it's just like, no, have you ever like been a young boy? Boys love digging <laughs> holes. And if you go to like the beach, there's just a bunch of dudes digging holes for no reason. If you go to the park, a kid's got a shovel. He's making a hole in yeah. the dirt. Dudes just like to dig. It's not a big deal, man. It's not that deep. The hole is, but you, the joke isn't. Um, going back to what you were asking about with these collected editions, I've got a, a real fondness for web comics, you know, even going back towards early 2000s stuff like penny arcade control alt delete like the gamer subculture web comics i just have a soft spot for it and so there had been a lot of releases like this specifically uh, i'll reference penny arcade foxtrot that sort of thing where they put these collections these these a whole year of strips together and because it's stuff you could have read online for free they want to give you something else for it and so if you devote that extra time into creating a second reading experience where, yeah, you can just go through and read the comics, but we're giving you an extra piece of the puzzle. We're giving you insight into what our relationship is when we're making these stories. And then we're telling you kind of what was going on at that time, because as you're reading it a year, two years, three years removed from whenever this was published, some of these jokes are going to be disconnected from the context. Like the guy who had the very early on in volume one, where we made a reference to the guy who, tweeted about his son or daughter not being able to open a can mm -hmm. of beans. Yeah. And I put like a reference to that in one of the comics, such a like super online niche, you know, like terminally online joke, but it, it's not going to make as much sense. Like so far removed from context. So that's what this collection does is gives us that space to kind of recontextualize comics, show off Vin's amazing pencils and, and colors and, let us share memories and, and images from the past as well. Yeah. And I, you know, one thing I love about it, especially see them being, you know, the four panels and being short uh, comics is that, you know, I read through the whole book when I got it, but now I can just kind of flip through it and just pick one. Yeah. I can mm -hmm. just like start anywhere in the book and find something to enjoy or, or be like, Oh man, I forgot about that. one. I really love that <laughs> one. It's, you know, it's really great. Um, I think a 
great positive to having it be, you know, the four panel comics. And we, we experimented early on, me and Vin, of like trying three panels and, you know, making stuff that was just a little bit different. But I think the four panel format, it's classic. It's what, you know, web comics have been doing for a very long time. And it's different enough from what Archie was doing in their own, you know, comics and and even on the Webtoon series, Big Ethel Energy. It's unique enough in its own format that I think we kind of uh, established our own niche. Yeah. How does that how does that um, that format of, of having to tell a story in just four short panels? I mean, how does that restriction kind of influence your approach to the storytelling, both Ron from a writing perspective, but also then from from an illustration perspective, like how does that constraint maybe make you more creative? So I have to make sure that I'm not killing Vin when I give him <laughs> a script with a bunch of stuff in it, right? Because I've got sometimes really elaborate settings and really like I want to set us in space and I want there to be aliens fighting all the Archie gang and I want it to be and then they're like, okay, that better be panels one through four that I can you know do. Yeah, that's that one picture, right? And I, I, I want to make sure that when we're drawing, I'm writing these scripts, that I don't have to introduce a character. The characters can be very quickly ascertained as to who they are, what they're doing. And then by panel four, the punchline hits. And that's not a lot of space because you got to do setup, intro, like the middle part, and then the punchline. So sometimes I'll actually start with the punchline and and have a funny image in my head and say, how do I get there? And so I'll work backwards from panel four and fill in panel one and then go and say, what's the middle part? How do I get to that that joke from these two spots? And Vin is always tremendous at knowing what needs to be drawn, what can be, you know, kind of out of focus, what can be the emphasis. And so I give him as much leeway as possible in terms of staging and backgrounds and character expressions, because I really want his art to shine. Yeah, no, thank you, Ron, for, um, it, it's like there's, there's this um, comics where a writer will say, oh, and then both armies charged at each other, and it's like a big splash page, and everyone's on the page, and then, you know, they're done. They wrote that sentence in like a minute, and then the artist looks at that and says, oh, I have to draw all these <laughs> different characters and whatnot, but Ron is very good about um, usually uh, keeping it down to maybe like a, a three characters sometimes five sometimes we get really wild but it's usually just for one and I'm very grateful for that what's nice is Ron will set it up in a way where usually the background is established in the first panel and it can be continued or, or you know reused again in the next uh, panels two and three or maybe even in a, a strip down the line like I'm sure you've guys seen in a lot of like the Pops chocolate shop strips it's the same, you know, background, like there's two characters sitting at a table and the window is in the background. So that's very helpful to me. But there are times where like if I know I have enough time to kind of get a little extra crazy with it, I will change the angles. I will change the background. Um, and I might divert from the script, but essentially everything's there when Ron lays it down. So he does make my job very easy. So my job is just to enhance what he's already laid down just add on to it add to the joke focus on expressions um if there's any background gags that i think might be appropriate i'll throw them in but yeah it's it's a very uh it's a good relationship we have here and, and i appreciate ron's openness to my craziness 
So speaking of kind of bringing these characters into this format, um, I know Josh and I, we're big fans of just how these characters are designed for Bite Size mm-hmm. Archie. Um, especially Sabrina. We were just talking yesterday about how much we love every time Sabrina pops up in, the, in one of these strips. But um, Vin, was was there a particular, was there a character that was especially fun to design a bite-sized version of? You kind of hit the nail on the head there. Sabrina is one of my favorites to draw. Um, I was very clearly looking back to the old, like, I believe it was Hanna-Barbera that did like the, the old cartoons and her design and outfit was directly inspired by that and some of her earlier appearances in the comics um you know Jughead's also another oh, his yeah. favorite I you know, it's funny because when I first drew Jughead I didn't really think much about it but somebody else pointed out I want to say in, it might have been a, an article online and they said that his hat is way too big for his head and I just didn't even think about that I was just like you know cartoon it looks good it, it, it matches uh, the proportions of bite-sized Archie so you know, it's just, it's always a joy drawing those characters in particular, but I, I have fun with all of them. I really do. Um, just recently, yesterday's strip, we had, I had to draw um, Fred, uh, Archie's father, and I had never uh, drawn him before. And it's funny because he shares a lot of similarities with Pops, but I was looking very carefully at some of the original appearances of Fred and just trying to see like, all right, how can I make him different? So it doesn't look like Pops is living in Archie's house. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he does have some different hair and his, his clothing is obviously different, but um, it's, it's, it's fun to translate these characters from their original appearances into this style. Yeah. Vin, you do a, you do a really great job at what I like to call, you know, basically taking the image in your head of these characters and somehow transposing that onto the page where it's not one particular era that's being referenced. It's all eras, but kind of smushing it into a very iconic and recognizable version. Same with, this goes with Josie and the Pussycats. This goes with Jughead, Archie, Cheryl. Like you've taken a version in our minds and just kind of said, yeah, of course that's this person. And that's what they would look like in this, this kind of style. So the ability of you to kind of amalgamate that entire history of these characters and all their different looks and create like one consistent visual style, I think is why people enjoy it because it's instantly recognizable and the characters are very cute. Thanks Ron. Yeah. That's spot on. Cause like I, I try to make them look as iconic as possible. If you, you know, your first impression of that character is so important. So if you can look at, Sabrina and instantly know like oh yeah of course that's who she is like that I feel like we did our job and also like even though I referenced some of the older material I tried to change it up in terms of like their clothing and keep that modern so like Sabrina's more recent appearances in the strips she's actually from like the 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 newer comics and um, same thing with Archie. Like I had him in the sweater vest to start, but now he's he's a little bit more m- modern, more on trend. Yeah, I was going to say like, um, you know, even with some, uh, I think you do such a great job with expressions, like even some of the expressions that are like referencing, you know, internet, something from the internet, like a meme or something. Uh, it's like, you know, you have one panel to sell it to us sometimes. And I think you do such a good job of that. So again, like, you know, um, getting that thought across in your art, uh, I think you just do such a great job of that. Thank you. 
that's honestly like my favorite part when we're referencing a meme. And there's actually one coming up in the next batch that I can't believe Ron included because I'm also a very big fan of where it comes from. <laughs> I can't say what it is, but um, it's it's basically on the same level of that there was uh, in volume one, there's a strip where Archie and Betty visit Veronica's cabin. And by the end of it, um, he reveals that he, he has been there before and he shouldn't have because now Betty and Veronica are both at odds and he's just sweating. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I love that panel. He's just so freaked out. And yeah, I, and I just, I'm really looking to the next one because I think it tops it. Yeah, I can't wait to see that one. My my MO with these things, when I give him a, a meme to reference, you know, I'm just like, let him cook. Like, let him just go out there and do what he's going to do. And I want to see it. And I want that panel to become something that people share on its own, right? Like sure, that's the, yeah. that's a, a great way of getting people to know about Bite Size Archie is you can like pull that image out from our Instagram or from Tiny View where it's syndicated and people could just share the one where Jughead's saying you should never tweet yeah. or the one where Archie's sweating profusely or whatever the Cheryl smiling while her house burns down. Like you could put the, this stuff on a t-shirt now and you could sell it and congratulations, you didn't violate someone's copyright. Like it's 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 awesome. That was the whole goal. So can't wait to see that next one, Vin. Very excited. Oh yeah, yeah. And I see what you did there, Ron. <laughs> Just so you know, I, I I know that you uh you dropped a little hint there in the beginning of your your response. Very yeah, clever. We'll have to we'll have to message y'all as soon as we figure out. <laughs> we get it now. We get it. <laughs> You'll know. Well, yeah. I mean, speaking of that, there are a lot of references and inside jokes throughout the series. Have y'all ever thought? You know, is this reference too obscure to add or is this like too deep of a cut? There's definitely been there's one strip that I was that I wrote and never made it into the comic. So like typically like the folks at Archie just let me do whatever I want. And in this case, we're like, all right, let's not do this. It's a little too raw. So there is a secret bite size Archie strip that may never get published. Maybe it will. I hope I'm not getting in trouble for saying this. No one actually even knows that it never showed up. So it's fine. But sometimes, you know, we do have to, like, I get great notes from uh, senior director of editorial, Jamie Rotante, who she'll be like, hey, like, you got to add a little bit more context here, because I know what this joke is, and you may, but someone who's outside may not have any experience with these characters. We kind of need to make the setup hit a little bit, or, you know, like, just ramp it up a little bit more so that they can understand what this is. Uh, but it is a struggle where the less words you have in your comic, the actual more engagement it gets. And I don't want to just write for engagement. I don't want just to have Finn's, you know, story, like telling to be very limited, right? And have it all be on his, his facial expressions and character designs. Like I want to have words in there that people can get engaged with. But there are times where you have to kind of explain what's going on. And so, yes, there are some times where stories or references have not made it in. Uh, but it, I usually think it's for the better. I usually think the comic is better off with these notes. Yeah, I've, so I teach um, a sketch comedy writing class, and last week we were kind of talking about how important editing is, you know, like getting your idea out there, like just put it on paper, just writing, and then going back and seeing like what's actually servicing your idea, like what's, because if it's not really servicing what you're trying to get across, or it's not giving us context that we need, then just get rid of it. And I think, you know, this is, the again, the minimal format is like a great a distillation of like what good editing is you know like just here we're getting the pure idea across in these four few things but i think some people especially with writing it's like you know you want to get everything out there and, and you know you, everything can't be precious right 
in your writing. You have to be willing to let things go. When I get a note, it always is like, oh, why? Like, why am I getting a note? But it's always better to get that note because you can get a uh, more quality result out of that. And there was even in this uh, this most recent batch that we were working on, there's an ex- a great example of that where we're kind of referencing an event that happened in the last season of Riverdale. But if you don't know that, then it doesn't make sense. So we had to go back and add contextual clues within the first three panels so that if you're just reading it on its own, you see the fourth panel's punchline has a like thread line to the beginning of the story. And so that's what getting those great notes from Jamie and from Vin provides is that that I know what the story is because I came up with it, but they need to know so that other people can understand it as well. And so that's why I love working with them. Yeah, I I agree 100%. It's one of those things that I think it applies both to writing and to the artwork where, you know, sometimes I'm making a design or laying out a strip and I'm just, I'm with it for so long by myself that I need to step back and let somebody else take a look, you know, afterwards because they might be seeing something that I'm not. They They could have a good suggestion to add and emphasize a point or say, oh, you don't really need this, let's get rid of it. And then, like you said, it becomes more concise, it's right to the point, and it hits the mark because of that. And it's 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 just the nature of a collaborative project like this. It's always better when you have, you know, good people behind it, and they're able to lift each other and up. And you got to make sure that Archie's wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> Oh, that's true. That's a very important note. And that happens across the board on everything. And don't forget, he has freckles and brows are thicker than anybody else's. These are key things that make him Archie. Safety first. I know something we, you know, we have this joking bit on the podcast sometimes where we're like, when Jughead's walking, is he closing his eyes? Because like in a lot of the early ones, you know, it's like a trademark thing of his is that his eyes are closed. Yeah. <laughs> Such little specific details that, you know, breed the familiarity and like make it feel like something you're revisiting and going back to. Even if you don't, you know, consciously notice it, I feel like you might. There's some things you would be like, something's off about this mm-hmm. if it wasn't there. That's a that's a really good point. And actually going back to Jughead's eyes always being always being closed. We break that rule. <laughs> all the time and I like it's better because of that because when he does open his eyes it's because you can tell he's passionate about something a hundred percent yeah 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 otherwise it, he, he does seem very like chill very aloof you know he's just you know going with the flow that's that's the vibe we're going for but yeah when he's <laughs> when his eyes are open you better pay attention <laughs> yeah yeah a hundred percent you're seeing yeah you're seeing him at his uh it, I feel like he's like using his energy very wisely. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he, he brings it out when he needs to. <laughs> exactly. I feel like you can see your relationship as creators grow over the you know past few years, reading the stuff collected and even just reading the newer stuff. How do you all feel when you look back at the earlier comics versus the ones y'all are doing now? I'll go first. Then I think my scripts were a little overwritten early on and I was still trying to figure out that cadence the brevity the amount of story to fit in four panels and so what was awesome was i was just it was just pure ideas coming out it was just try this try that try that and i'm never gonna want to go back and do anything different but i do see how as a writer 
I have tried to be more succinct. I have tried to bring more diversity of characters in, not just have it be Archie, Betty, Veronica, Jughead, try to bring more uh, of their friends in and introduce new concepts and new characters, which I really love getting to do with Vin, which is we get all these new ideas into the pages of the comic, and then hopefully they can become part of the bigger Archie universe. So that's how I've seen, Vin, I'm sure you've you've seen improvements in your art and other stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. It's it's always going to be an evolution. You know, we started with this this idea and it not that it completely transformed, but we've honed in on the things that we know work and the things that we like. And yeah, just speaking from an art perspective, I know that like the characters themselves, I really got styled down after, you know, I want to say the first five or 10 strips. Um, and I kind of really hit my stride after that. But also, and this is this is just me being completely honest, I had never been a fan of just drawing a lot of like detailed backgrounds, but this forced me to kind of explore that more. And I'm so glad that, you know, we have, and Ron has been certain like descriptions for like these settings. Like again, going back to that cabin one, I just had a ball looking into like different references and seeing like what I can throw in there and really challenge myself. And so like, I kind of have that mindset um, each strip, you know, what, you know, what do I have time to include here and what can I do to make this better? And yeah, it's definitely, it's turned into something that I think we're both very proud of and we were proud of it to start, but like now I'm just like, I'm over the moon. I love it. Well, I I was just going to mention, you know, think about backgrounds and things like that. When you have to put out something, you know, weekly, it kind of reminds me of like a manga schedule in a way, you mm. know, where it's like you got to pick, you know, I don't know if you have a whole team of people, you know, background <laughs> artists uh, <laughs> over there, but it's like, you know, uh, you got to pick the things you want to focus on. And like, I, I love that about mangas. like, you know, you have some artists who they, they spend so much detail on the background panels <laughs> for to, you know, just to establish one thing or not just, but to establish one thing, or you have some people who are so character focused and I like that flexibility. Um, uh, I, I feel like you do a good job of like picking the things that are important to focus on in your art. Thanks. Yes, I, I, I'm 100%. I'm more of a character artist, I, I suppose. But um, but because of this process and that we've been doing it for so long, I've definitely been become more comfortable drawing and um, yeah, just having fun with it, you know. Throughout this interview, we, we've obviously touched on a lot of really fun strips that you've done, but we wanted to also give the opportunity just to talk about some of your personal favorites. So, Ron, we could start with you. What, what are some of the ones that, that you've done? I guess now you're up to like 130 now, right? What are some that stand out to you? It's it's very hard for me to choose favorites in any case. Like if you ask me what my favorite food is or my favorite TV show, it's almost impossible for me to make that decision on the spot. But there's there's been so many that I just I I, pure, I really love. One of the best ones that I really enjoyed was uh, Missing Links, which was number 97, which is in going viral. And it's just Kevin and Archie at Pops. And they're like, where's Jughead? Haven't seen that kid in a bit. And then Archie's like, I'll text him. And then there's a text back from Jughead where he's like, I'm not hungry. Everything's normal. <laughs> Don't text me again. And Archie's like, oh, it seems fine. And then Kevin's just like, what do Brady and Veronica see in you? And I thought that was just such a, a great way of having him say that thing that fans have always been saying, right? Like, what do they see in this guy? And just having that kind of, you know, it's always that that joke, like, what would you say if you were held hostage? Yeah. Right. How would you let somebody know in one text message? Um, that's a great one. And 
getting to see Vin's, you know, drawings of Randolph, yeah. the anime liker. Uh, that was a character from the 90s that I really latched onto because the stories with him were so, so, so silly and so fun. And so getting to see him in there was one comic where he's doing like Archie fan fiction mm-hmm. and you can kind of see it's drawn in like a, a shoujo manga style and Vin did a tremendous job in that strip. So I would go with those two off the top. Those are really good choices. And I don't know how I'm going to top that. Um, like you said, like it's hard to kind of pick favorites. And I'm sure I probably said in other interviews, like, oh, this one's my favorite. But it's it's really of the moment. Like, I, I just to think off the top of my head, there's one where Betty is home and Veronica's been called. And she's basically saying, oh, I can't go out because, you know, I have my cat with me. And it's just caramel just sitting on her cat tree just playing and veronica's like can i come over and like they're both freaking out of how adorable caramel is (laughs) to the point where i drew like hearts in their eyes yes i think their their tongues are shaped like hearts there's arrows going to hearts (laughs) it's like it gets so ridiculous and i just you know even i was like what the heck am i doing (laughs) this is so crazy um that's one of my favorites and yeah, going going back to the, the cabin one is probably still my all time favorite. Just where Archie's sweating profusely by the end of it because he goofed so so badly. So so many great cat moments throughout these strips. Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking of the one. I think it's Sabrina in bed where the cat's on her and she can't reach her phone. Yeah, um, yeah, great stuff. Got to just got to give up at that point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Ron, I wanted to ask you a little bit about writing. You know, comedy. Do you? Uh, I was wondering if you like see yourself as like a comedic comedic writer, or it's just like a tool you have in your toolbox for writing. Because you know, some of these are just like so they're like laugh out funny, and I just love it. And, uh, you know, I, being a comedy writer myself, I think about how people approach it. So, do you see yourself as a comedy writer, or do, how do you feel about approaching writing that way? It's a great question. I've always loved making people laugh. And whatever format that comes in, whether it's writing a comic strip or it's doing a funny tweet or it's just having a conversation and saying the thing that nobody expected at that moment, that's really what makes me happy. I love seeing the reaction from people and knowing that I, for a moment, got them to forget about whatever else is going on in their life. That can translate into writing comedy. Uh, I think there's you know, a lot of potential for what I would want to do here. I know there's been talks about maybe doing some more stuff with Archie, maybe doing a digest story, that kind of stuff. So I would love to do that. If anyone wants to have me come around and and join the writer's room and give stupid ideas for their TV show, you know how to reach me. It's at Ronzilla on Twitter. It's no longer (laughs) verified. They took away my checkmark. But I, I just view comedy as one of the things that I'm good at naturally. I enjoy making people laugh. And so whatever form that takes, writing, stand-up, you know, copy, advertising, I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a interesting. I mean, you know, Brandon does uh, some writing and it's, as part of his work. I'm like throwing Brandon under the bus here. <laughs> but I just like think it's so interesting how sometimes people, I really like how you uh, talked about it. You're writing like that, Ron, because I think some people don't realize, you know, the work they're really doing. They, they think about it in like this one lens of mm. like, well, if I'm not writing something that's going out like as a comic or something, I'm not writing. But Brandon, you write all the time is what I'm, I guess I'm trying to tell, <laughs> tell Brandon right now. Thank you. I mean, th- that was one of the reasons 
we did bite size Archie and I thought that we could do it and pull off some success here was that I had been getting all this praise for these funny tweets on the Archie comics, Twitter account, and people were writing articles about them. And I just like kind of farted them out there. I didn't really put too much thought into them. And then it would be like (laughs) AV club. This tweet is why Archie is relevant. And I'm like, okay, I guess, (laughs) you know, uh, CNN covered a, a tweet that I did. It was on like all the morning news. And it's like, I didn't think I was doing anything special. I was just trying to make people laugh, but people don't always expect that kind of writing and getting to put that writing combined with Vincent's artwork makes it a more accessible form of entertainment. I believe because Mm -hmm. you can now look at pictures. Now you can hold it in your hands. You can, you know, pour your eyes over it in a different manner. You can kind of, you know, attach yourself to it more. So getting to work with Vin for, over two years now on these comics is the highlight of my week every week right back at you man and i think you 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 said something very important that um you know just trying to make people laugh i think that is something that's so special and that's that's the the key behind any creative work or at least you know with comics you know in terms of you know this web strip especially um just trying to get that um, emotion from someone, have somebody smile and at the end of the day, make their day just like a little bit brighter, a little bit happier, because there is a, you know, this within life. So if this is what, you know, makes you happy, awesome. I'm glad, you know, I, I'd say that's mission accomplished on our part. Yeah, it's nice just to have like a moment in the day. Like again, me and Brandon, you know, we have Tiny View. We have the Tiny View app, and on Thursdays we, we're like, it's out. We're like, it's out. We gotta, we gotta check it out. Well, you know, in, in honor of you doing such, you know, great, quick, concise comics, we wanted to do a speed round of more bite-sized questions for you guys. Um, so we'll, we'll we got only a few of them, but we're gonna throw them out there. And, and Ron, if you want to answer first, and then Ven, you can jump in right after that. But let's start with what's your favorite milkshake flavor? I'm lactose intolerant, so none. Okay. Okay. Chocolate milkshake for me. Mm, <laughs> yes, yes, me too. All right. Back to you, Ron. How many rocks could you fit in your pants? Depends on how big the rocks are. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Depends how big my pants are. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of great fake video games that Jughead plays uh, in Bite Size Archie. What's a real video game that you think Jughead is probably playing right now? Jughead probably has the entirety of Riverdale rebuilt in Minecraft. <laughs> I'm going to say he's got all the DL tracks on Mario Kart uh, 8 Deluxe. <laughs> all right. And then one little final bite-sized question. Uh, everyone's been wanting to know, what is the power set of one lunch man? He can eat one lunch and be satisfied. <laughs> okay. I'll just say Yes. thank you so much that was great uh we want to talk a little bit about your work outside of bite size archie as well um so vin let's let's start with you and just you could you talk a little bit about your role as art director um at archie comics i know earlier you mentioned a little bit about designing some of the trade releases but we'd love to hear more about just what you do at archie outside of bite size sure yeah my normal day actually uh, doing outreach for new talent. So I'm constantly looking for, you know, artists that I think will fit the role of any of our future projects, even if it's like a year out, just trying to figure out, okay, 
this person's a good fit for a horror comic. This person's a good fit for something leaning more towards comedy. So I'm always looking for interior cover artists. Um, I'm also reviewing scripts alongside with Jamie. So basically anything based on our new projects, like I'm reviewing and just trying to get the teams together and schedule things and keep things on track. So like, that's the other part of the job is, you know, production deadlines, just making sure, okay, you know, is the script in by this point? Is the, are the layouts for the comic done by the, you know, in like two weeks, three weeks out, we should have inks. Another three weeks out, we should have color. So just making sure the train is moving. Um, but in addition to that, I'll, I'll also be working on like the promotional graphics. So sometimes you'll see like pre-order graphics for our upcoming releases. I do those. Um, yeah, I'm sure that there's a bunch of things that I'm forgetting, but it's 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 very moment to moment, and um, it's it's a it's a fast moving business. <laughs> well, I just have to say, I mean, that's something um, you know we were talking about recently in an interview, and I was thinking about, especially with something like all action. I think um, y'all at Archie do such a good job at pairing writers and artists together, and um, you know something we often wonder is just like. How hard are Matt Herms and Jack Morelli really working out there? I mean, they're, <laughs> they're they seem like <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like they're on autopilot. It's it's just amazing. <laughs> you know, they're they're so reliable. They're some of the best, you know, uh creators in comics. Um, Jack has obviously been in the game for such a long time, and Matt as well. Matt, i and Jack I've particularly worked with on the action books previously. So, you know, when we were kind of looking for uh colorists and letterers to work on the newer Archie stuff. Um, they were top, you know, the top of the list. Um, now I love working with those guys. Yeah. I, and, you know, they're both so flexible and that's like one thing, you know, I've, I've, they really, um, do a good job. Uh, what were we just reading? What do we just, oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah horror book. Yeah. The Wilkin. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. Jack's lettering for the demon in that book is like, that scares so me. <laughs> just looking at words <laughs> scares me now. And Matt, you can, you can throw anything at Matt. You can have an all ages book and he'll make it look like Candyland. You can throw him a horror book and you're in the pit of hell. It's it's amazing how versatile he is. And oh, look at that. Ron has the book in his hand. Yeah, the cult of that Wilkin <laughs> no, Boy. That, the cult of Wilkin Boy came out so good. And I can't wait for you guys to see Jinx a Cursed Life. We just put or we're about to put that book to bed uh next week. And oh my God, you guys, <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. It's awesome. Can't wait. That's great. You know, my so my uh, my mom's side of family is the Wilkins, and I'm, I, I swear there's a connection somehow. And, <laughs> oh my gosh! Somehow Do you have any? Related. You have musical talent? <laughs> yeah, I'm a music teacher. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so. Well, Ron, um, could you tell us a little bit about your work with Zestworld and and that project that you work that you work with? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the content manager at Zestworld. We are a digital comics startup. We've been working to recruit. My role primarily has been to recruit new creators to the platform and to try out uh, the different products and projects that we've been working on. And it's been awesome getting to connect with people all over the world, bring them in to you know publish their web comics and work on other things that we've got going on. Uh, some other exciting announcements coming up soon. So it's it's similar to Vin, right? Trying to find people that have art that they were trying to share with their 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 friends. It's nice to be a webcomic creator myself when I go in and have to reach out to these people and be able to say, you know, I'm also a creator and I know what creators need. So taking their feedback, putting that into our products, 
working together with them and you know beta testing things and I kind of get to put my my hand into all the different areas so I still assist with PR and still assist with social media and that sort of thing but I'm spending a lot of time on the product side designing developing working with engineers to make software to help creators which is what we really need now where you have all these platforms out there that want to publish comics and the ways that you make money on all of them is, are different and you know creators need to earn a living and so we're we're working to make a way that creators can make money off of their stuff and and do it in a fair and equitable way that's so great yeah i've been checking out some of the stuff and when i saw joel jones was on there doing some more lady color stuff i was like i gotta check it out i gotta <laughs> check it out and i and i just love that mindset of like finding people uh who are already making stuff and like showcasing them both with you know vincent the work you're doing as a art director and ron the work you're doing with us world it's just like there's so many people doing good work out there that just need the platform to share it that's that's a really great point and what i love about you know the things that vincent does is breaking into comics is is difficult the american comic industry is a difficult place to break into and getting your first step in at archie is like that's a huge huge get archie's a 80 year old plus brand it's very known and to be able to have your first archie comic like that's thing pe people hold very close to, to their to their heart and so i know one of the things that that they work on is you know you get these creators on the upswing and you get these creators who are really really rising and and showcasing their work in a big way for the first time and you get to you get to help them on that journey and the same thing here where i'm finding people who have amazing webtoons uh you know web comics and, and getting to bring them in and and work with them and and along with established veterans and you know uh prestigious award-winning creators but getting to kind of have them all mingle together and there's there's a lot to be said for how creators spend most of their time creating and so there is that second half of the process which is getting your work out there getting it seen getting it showcased in the right way and that's i think vin does a great job at putting them on the right titles and and you know it's just how can you help creators uh, with that second part, which I think doesn't always come naturally to people who spend most of their time making the art? Sure. And, you know, as, um, as a musician, it's like it was such a different transition from just doing music for fun as like a hobby to like being, making it my career. And, re and just like you're saying, like, oh, I got to promote a show that's <laughs> coming up or I got I got to have to have to like sell myself. And that's not something that's easy for everyone. Yeah, for sure. It's it's all about elevating, right? Like, you know, putting your name out there and, you know, putting your putting yourself and others on a platform so that they can be seen by uh, a community that might not have been able to see you before, right? So like like the same thing with like hiring new talent. Um it's it's great when you see there's a spark in someone, but they haven't really gotten their shot yet. And to be able to work with them, build them up and get them to a place where they can show off, hey, this is what I can do. This is what I bring to the table. It's really great. And then on top of it being involved with Archie, just cool to see an artist uh, style translate to those characters and see them in a new new way, different interpretation. Well, speaking of selling yourself, um, we want to end this interview by having you guys um, talk about where people can find you online, but also um, if there's anything specific coming up that you want to plug, we want to give you some space to do that. Um, so, Vin, let's go ahead and start with you. 
Sure. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Vincredible underscore 23. And I'm also on Instagram as Vinstergram 23. Um, and yeah, just obviously, <laughs> please pick up uh, and pre-order Bite Size RT going viral on August 16th in comic shops. And on, I want to say it's September 5th everywhere else. Um, but yeah, we also have a lot of great stuff coming out from Archie. I think you mentioned All Action just came out. That's Archie and Friends All Action featuring the Super Mecha teams that just came out. Um, there's a Betty and Veronica Friends Forever Game On comic that's coming out. It's got a lot of great video game parodies. There's Mario Kart in there. Um, then obviously Jinx A Curse Life is coming out in the in May. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff to look forward to, especially during the summer. So just yeah, keep an eye out on all things Archie. Yeah, I'll add on. You can follow me at Ronzilla, R-A-W-N-Z-I-L-L-A, on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere else that matters. And you can also check me out. I'll be at the Highland Park Street Fair on May 7th. That's coming up soon. And I'll also be at the Trenton Charity Comic Con on May 20th in trenton new jersey so those are going to be some opportunities for you to buy a signed copy of bite size archie volume one and if you could pre-order bite size archie going viral with your local bookstore or amazon or comic shop that is the key we would love your support and hope to be back on this show and talking about more bite size archie stuff in the future yeah we would love that um uh, i just wanted to mention because uh i think uh pretty shortly after this is coming out it'll be free comic book day so people should go their local comic store, pick up volume one of Bite Says Archie and the Cursed Library is coming out. Um, yeah, it's a great chance to go check out maybe a place you haven't been to mm. and see what they have to offer. I worked at a comic book store for five years. It's truly formative moments of my life. I miss it. I love it. Uh, those are a great place to go and check out and see what they got going on. Yeah, and free comic book day is the best time to go, especially if you're you're new to comics. You know, th- the people that work at comic shops are great. They'll they'll help you know guide you to things that you that they think you might like. But yeah, definitely check out the Archie section and pick up Bite Size Archie Volume One. Shameless plug. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both so much again for for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. A big thank you to Ron and Vincent for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, please check us out online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you like what you heard, please give us a review. We'd love to hear from you all. Thanks for listening. Bye. I'm no Betty or Veronica, not even Jughead. Don't you call me a Reggie. I'd rather be caught dead. Just two friends who don't know who they want to be. Let's see them figure it out. Archie and me.